0: Hello and welcome to Poetry Nonstop. I'm Patrick Widdes and on this episode I'm delighted to welcome John Hegley. John is known to many, not just as a poet, but singer, songwriter, musician, comedian and visual artist. He joins us to discuss his recent collection, A Scarcity of Biscuits, which started with a residency at John Keats' home. John approaches the life and work of this great romantic poet with his usual wit and playful use of language, often revealing a lighter side to Keats, as you can hear in this opening poem. So,
1: the, the, hello. This is the first poem in the, the pamphlet. Well, my daughter says its I should call it a book, but it's got a spine. So, A Scarcity of Biscuit, anyway, is the title. And um, the piece is quite often I've re- referred to one of John Keats's letters, a little thing that he said in the letter. And this is from a long letter to brother George and sister-in-law Georgina, begun 16th of December, 1818. Some of the letters he wrote would go on for quite a few pages. You played the way you worked, John Keats, played hard with Mrs Dilk with celery on guard. On the landing with your landlady, a new event was marvellously made, with the greenery a lunging in leguminous, a swish and swash, a poetry voluminous, the ballad of a salad day and then, the celery as mighty as the pen. So, and that refers to him saying, nothing particular happened yesterday evening, except that when the tray came up, Mrs. Dilk and I had a battle with celery stalks. She sends her love to you.
0: <laughs> it's a lively and funny poem, and not really what you'd expect from Keats.
1: Well, I mean, I th- yeah, I mean, I think there is a, 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 an image of John Keats. Although a lot of people do know the one about the, the knapsack in Scotland, the playful poem that he wrote for his sister, Fanny. But he didn't want to put that in a book. He he didn't think it warranted it. So he was himself more, I suppose, pushing the serious side. But he was a, a, a brilliant, whimsical man.
0: Yes. You must have read uh, his work and letters quite extensively. How did you uh, find this uh, quote?
1: Well, I have here, I mean, I have the, this beautiful volume here, which... Um, was printed in 1930. It's um, Oxford University Press, actually. Um, the Letters of John Keats, edited by Morris Buxton Foreman. And it, it's a beautiful read. In fact, uh, My- Michael Horowitz, when I told Michael Horowitz in 2011, I was, I've been invited to be Poet in Residence at Keats' house. He says, you have to read the letters. And um, so I Tended to take michael's advice and so i did and um one of the pieces is i don't know if you know this patrick but one of the pieces is uh, he he actually writes a, an acrostic about his sister which is one of the reasons why i wrote that acrostic uh, that we're going to speak about in a bit but i don't do you know about his acrostic about his sister sister uh no
0: no okay
1: well i'll tell you what it, he, 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 her name is Georgina Augusta Keats. And he spelled out uh, the whole name and then taken a, a sentence. So if you, I tell you what, ju- we'll do just Georgina and then leave, and then people can find the rest themselves. But if you spell out Georgina, I'll tell you what he's got. G. Give me your patience, sister, while I frame E. Initials something wise, of your golden name. We don't know what the word is there. Um, o. Or sue the fair Apollo, and he will... R. Rouse from his slumber heavy and instill... G. Great love in me for thee and poesy. We'll just leave it there, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, but I've, when he wrote that, you sense that he just straight off did it. There's a word there, that word there in the second is, is, is not... To, what does it say here? It says, this word is incomplete. It begins with Vez and possibly Nez, followed by a mark that may be an R or a dotted I. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, so you said you uh, were a resident poet at Keats' house. How did that come about?
1: Um, I, I, never, I know, don't know why, how it was that I came to be asked, but I was asked by Maureen. And at the time, actually, I had quite some quite bad depression, and um, it was just a wonderful gift. It was an amazingly timed gift.
0: And uh, what's his, his house like?
1: It's a lovely house in Hampstead. Uh, there's a, there's a, a cellar, cellar part that I really like, even though it's very dark. Um, and then there's an, an added room that wasn't there when John Keats was there, which is quite often used for events. Um, but you do get the sense that those stairs are stairs that he's walked up and down. Um, there are various mementos of his time there. There's a bust of him, um, which is at, which is placed at his actual height, which is five foot one. And his, quite short but um he wasn't to be messed about with at school he was quite, he was quite a tough kid
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, how long were you there and what did you do there
1: uh, i was there for six months but i gone in and out subsequently because i loved it there and it's a beautiful peaceful garden There also with a mulberry tree that predates the house actually the mulberry tree is over 200 years old so I I mean I still am connected and hopefully I'll be going there in the summer
0: right and so were you writing or doing workshops or
1: workshops yeah I ran a lot of workshops there we had a school from Luton and they put celery pieces of celery on their head balanced some celery on their head (laughs) um those youngsters and um Workshops with adults also. Um, we had a f- sort of family. Uh, we had Morris dancing team there, and we did also because of that, the 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 celery episode. We did uh, various sporting events with vegetables because it was the year of the Olympics, also. So it was the Vegetable Olympics we had.
0: Yeah, again, a lot of uh, fun and uh, surprising things you wouldn't uh, think you would not associate with a romantic <laughs> poet like Keats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I th- yeah, but I think that it is, it, I, I, I like to feel it's in his spirit, he is, I mean he, he's an amazingly playful
0: man. Yeah, how much did you know about him before and what very did little. you learn?
1: I, I knew very little about John Keats. I knew that um, Loudon Wainwright had sung about him in a song. I learned I, I learnt about his playfulness, um, but also that he was very spontaneous, like that the, that, what I've just told you. And he says that a poem should come as surely as a leaf upon a tree. It's, so he doesn't think that you should be doing a lot of crossings out, although I think he probably did do some crossings out.
0: Yeah, yeah, they uh, seem very polished. Um, you mentioned uh, acrostics. Uh, there are also a lot of limericks in the collection. Um, again, not a form you'd associate with the, the romantic poets. Uh, what attracted you to that form?
1: I've, all, I've always liked the limerick. I think it's um, it's a sort of a, a verse form that connects everybody. because um, uh, poetry can seem a bit alienating for people, but I think once you, if you give people a limerick, they think, oh, you know, I'll give this a listen.
0: And uh, I think there's a poem in the collection, which is both a, a limerick and an acrostic.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that is... Um, so, let's. yeah, but I, I was, I'm still hoping, actually, to go and work with Sea Mills uh, Primary School in Bristol, um, because I was involved in a project called Putting You in the Picture in t- t- 2019 which I think is still you can still find online in which we went into various schools, myself and um, four other poets. And one of the schools I went into was Seamil School in Bristol. And Malaika and I was running the workshop with me. Bless you! Mel um, sneezing at me. One of the workshops we did yeah we we did we did we we got them looking at paintings Malika got them looking at the painting the scream actually by edvard munch and so i thought that but they were hopefully they would be relate to both the acrostic and to the limerick so this is and john keats went to you see, he, get, he also gets very critical of stuff people don't think he really sl- he slags them off but in a playful way like the french he slags off the french he says the french language is the worst in the world and, he, and he, when he goes to Margate, he refers to arriving at this treeless affair. And so I wrote, I wrote that. So the, the, uh, the limerick, John Keats stayed in Margate in Kent and suggested in letters he sent, there is plenty of sea but an absence of tree. So for he, I will try to invent one. And then, so if you'll spell out the word tree, Patrick. Okay, T. The one I used to get conkers from. R uh, raided it with sticks sent spinning. E eyes greedy on the tumble down. E enjoyment of the fruity booty later on in the playground. So I, I suppose I would hope that that would lead to opening out to talking about my childhood and maybe the difference between my childhood and that of children nowadays. They possibly don't play with conkers now, um, but we'd get. I'd get. There's there's various tree exercises i do making trees i go into schools and leave a tree uh, which all the children contribute to on a wall somewhere so that would be hopefully something i would be able to do um with those youngsters
0: yeah it's a lovely idea and uh, we can't see but actually that uh, poem that includes a picture of a tree uh, so it's a concrete poem as well
1: yeah when I do exercises, I suppose this is more with grown-ups, but I do it with children as well. Is I also get them to draw the roots when they they, we, we, they draw a tree and on the and I write get them to write things that root them in root them in their world. And um, so you tend to get family sometimes with particular members of the family, but other things that their interests and thing things that um, make them feel connected.
0: Yeah, yeah how long did this book take because the uh, residency was quite a while ago i believe
1: yeah well i i've i've continued to write little pieces about john keats um there there's pieces in both the last two collections i had with um blood X and profile books those two books so i've kept that i've kept that connection going so but this has been written really largely in the last uh, twenty months or so when we've been Um, more indoors than usual.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Um, And the title, uh, A Scarcity of Biscuits." where does that come from?
1: That comes from John Keats uh, in Ireland when he sees a, a, a woman who is being carried by two youngsters. She's an older woman in a kennel type thing. It's like a kennel on a stretcher, it looks like. And they're like stretcher bearers and carrying her along and he says that she looks a little bit um, thin, as though she's suffering from a scarcity of biscuit.
0: I see, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so what what would you say to people who perhaps uh, see Keats as a bit of a stuffy old poet? What what would you say to them? Um,
1: I'd say read his letters.
0: Okay, and uh, so did you get a lot of poems out of those? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he says, I mean, the the thing at the beginning of the book, it says um, I've taken this quote from him in a letter to his publisher. He says, read a certain page of full policy or distilled prose, wander with it and muse upon it and reflect upon it and bring home to it and prophesy upon it and dream upon it. You should be busy with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That seems... uh... There's a, there's a lot in there. And you said you were suffering depression at the time of, of this yeah. uh, residency. It cheered me up. It cheered me up. It certainly <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. Um,
1: he had and, depression himself. He had depression himself quite severely. Yes. And it stopped him writing. And I don't don't know where the quote is, uh, but he does say, uh, he says, I, I have to, if I can remember now, He says, I've done a lot of fretting. He says, a lot of fretting, worrying and reading. He says, I want to concentrate on the last one. (laughs) But he says it a lot better than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did see a biopic about him some years ago and it it did uh, focus on the sort of darker side of his life so it's uh, nice to um, see these more cheerful bits as well. You've spoken a lot about teaching poetry and uh, it sounds like you're a great teacher for that. Uh, Do you have any particularly memorable experiences from doing workshops and things?
1: I think generally it's when Teachers say that a youngster who maybe isn't normally responsive to um, literacy stuff, when they say that showing them poems opens them out more, I think it's just that really. Um, so those those children who don't aren't normally so forthcoming being made to come forth is the
0: thing. Excellent. Um. Yeah, and that's something you achieved indirectly with me, actually, because you used to be on Radio One back in the nineties, and you'd ask, you'd set it all poetry writing exercises, and uh, I sent poems in, and it was nice to be sort of part of that on-air poetry community. Did, you,
1: yeah, did you always get read out at all?
0: Did you always get read uh, it out? I got. I had some of them read out. Yeah, but uh, mm. I've written better stuff since. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's something that uh, I've uh, very much wanted to bring into this podcast. So it's great to have you on. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice. I
1: mean, it's nice. It's nice. It's, not, it's very nice. You know, it's very encouraging that you say that. that you, um, and they were lovely to be on those shows with um, Mark Radcliffe and Mark Riley. And Nigel used to come on and play guitar as well. They were just. A, it was a joyous opportunity. I mean, as was the being at Keith's house. And this is a good opportunity. So thank you, Patrick, for having me, because it's a good opportunity, because I haven't had much chance to talk about, certainly not about the book, but generally about this sort of the, I suppose, deeper sort of delvings that I've made over the last 20 months or so into John Keats. Yeah,
0: well... Talking about uh, writing poetry and inspiring people, um, you do have a, an idea for a writing exercise to share with us.
1: Well, I thought so. Have you done it, Patrick?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Okay, so what I what um, this is something that I started to do it because my, my father was half French, the bottom half, and um, so I'm getting you to use your top half in this a bit. So. It's to to make a paper fish. So I, you take you, you you take a piece of A4 paper, and I'm um, got. Gosh, I'm not, just let me see, see if there's a piece um, I can use. I know this isn't a visual thing, but so all up right, oh, there we are. There's a piece. The piece of that's advertising the 75 sheets of A4 white paper. So you see, te- you you fold that long ways. Crease that, mind you don't cut yourself, and then you're going to tear out half a fish shape. So I'm tearing out the body of the fish now, on my sheet of A. Make sure you've got the fold in the middle. Tear that out, that's the mid, that's the body. Then you go in and then the tail splays out at the end. And so there you've got a fish. You can make a little eye as well. Fold it there and tear a little eye out like that, there. So so maybe you could, can, can you take a photograph of that, Patrick, and show it on the, um, so that it's recording.
0: Can see it? Yeah, it is recording yeah, well, look, the there video it is. as well, so, so yeah, I might actually be able to put this section of the video up somewhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely um, that's an excellent fish. And,
1: <laughs> and then on that you write down the word fish. And um, if you do, it, if you're speedy, you can go on the other side, not mine, because it's got the advertising. Well, you could still squeeze it in and do a look. Little... So on that side, maybe you could just do one word for each letter. Take the word fish, do a word for each letter, F-I-S-H there. And then on this side, write poisson and do a sentence for each letter. So fish, yeah, fish that side. one. And for, so if you had the word poem, I, there's one I wrote called anti cantonar Poem, which was about Eric Cantonar, although I love Eric Cantonar, really but um, it was called Antecantanapo, and it was P... If you spell out P-O-E-M, Patrick, I'll tell you it.
0: Uh, P... Push... O... Off... E... Eric... M...
1: Merci. So (laughs) you get the idea, push off Eric Merci. So you can write one about fish like that, and and then like the Georgina Keats one, a sentence for each letter, or half a sentence, or a bit of a sentence, and then you can put that on there, and then you can draw some scales, and then you can float your fish around. On Poisson d'Avril, which is first of April, because you can put it on somebody's back as well. Because in France, they they pin fish, uh, fish paper fishes on each other's backs and shout out Poisson d'Avril.
0: Really? <laughs> where does yeah. that come from? I, I
1: don't. I, th- I don't know. I, I, I wonder where it does. Go. It's a good question. I don't know. I think they. I think they might do something similar in Italy as well but they say it in Italian.
0: Okay, yeah, that's well, a uh, fun exercise. When you sent the instructions to me, you uh, didn't sort of give any uh, specific instructions for uh, making the fish. So I thought I would just draw around my hand to make uh-huh. a kind of fishy shape. And oh, actually, yeah. Uh, you
1: like spell out fish is? and you read okay. it out. Shall I f- can I, spell out fish and you read yours
0: out? Um, Well, yeah, so before I do that, I should say, um, there is actually a fish called a hand fish, so <clears throat> it's all, uh, fits together quite well, but, um, yeah, go on and, uh, spell. Okay. F. Fins instead of fingers. I. I cannot write or wave. S. Strolling on the seabed. H, Happy to be strange. Lovely. <laughs> I, yeah.
1: Happy to be strange. Yeah. The last phrase. Yes. Yeah. Good phrase.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and,
1: um... and They don't have to be about fishes also. It can be anything. I mean, I, actually, um, one thing that we did with because um, I, I sent you the one that Anthony in Colchester Arts Centre did. And um, we wrote, le- we wrote them as letters to people, <clears> like <throat> the Georgina Keats, actually. So uh-huh. with uh, please, you know, somebody, um, you might start off with please, you might be talking to somebody uh, where some needs, something needs to happen, as an example.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, I always say with these exercises, <clears throat> um, just a starting point and um, really wherever you go with them, uh, it um, doesn't matter. Any poem that comes out of them is a success um yeah. but um having said that i kind of found it hard not to write about fish because when you've got the word <laughs> there it's like um it's what you're drawn to i did do one for poisson as well come on um, oh, should I, I, should I, spell I, I spell out poisson? yeah yeah i mean, I, I, I did a, a bigger fish for that because i thought oh it was yeah safe. but um yeah go for it p penguin's snack oh opposite of cat i ice cream flavor you wouldn't favor s swimming silver sabre s scaly night of the sea o often in water rarely in trees n never seen a potato <laughs>
1: s real good. So, I mean, what you've done there is to say is what John Keats does. You're very, yeah, it's very playful. The the line about the scale of the night, what's that one, that line with the S line with that night uh, of the sea?
0: Scaly night of the sea, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is a lovely poetic, musing line. And then the last line, very playful. And it's very good to mix up playful and um, poetic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think maybe I, I've brought you and Keats together in that one. <laughs>
1: It's very nice.
0: It's very nice. Yeah. So anyway, I hope if you're listening, you'll have a go at that yourself, as it's it's a fun, simple exercise to play around with. And um, I think you should uh, post your fish online, ideally on your chosen social media network, and then you can tag me in, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get a whole shoal of uh, poetic paper fish. Uh, You can email them as well um, to uh, poetrynonstop at gmail.com. But in a a way, uh, I uh, look forward to seeing what you come up with. Yeah, I think uh, coming up later this year, you actually have a show coming to Norwich and probably other places as well. Um, What's that about?
1: Um, That's a bit of touring, um, which is the show that I did in Edinburgh, at Summer Hall last year, um, which has some bits about John Keats in. And hopefully at Keats' house, we'll do a lot of John Keats poems in the summer, but that's not fixed that date yet. And then also in the autumn, um, there's a book coming out, it's called I Am a Poetato, which is being re- reissued by otter Barry Books. And um we'll be doing this, but John Keats will be there. So um I, one of the things, I, because we said I'd do a poem, but I could do a song, Patrick, to finish, if you wish.
0: That would be fantastic, yeah.
1: I'll just get the guitar. Um, so when I did it in um, Edinburgh, people sang the word Walthamstow when I gave the nod. So I know it's is on Zoom and so the timing, but we'll give it a go. So when I give you the nod, you sing Walthamstow. OK. So this will be my, is that, is that it? So this will be, I'll just finish on this song, Patrick. So thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay, uh, thank you.
1: So the book is published by Caldew Press, I should say, A Scarcity of Biscuit, and they've done a lovely job. Um, Phil and Becca uh, edited it and Susan. Uh, and this song is in it. So when you get the nod, Patrick, your word is Walthamstow. You can give me a bit of a folky voice. Walthamstow.
0: Walthamstow.
1: <laughs> John Keats, when he could, then he would go to see Fanny, his sister, who lived in
0: Walthamstow.
1: As far as we know, as far as he could, he'd take the route which would be taken by a crow. Off to see his little sister, never mind the blister on his tongue. Family and poetry were two such very big ones to John Keats, five foot one, upon his London feet, and bound for
0: Walthamstow.
1: One day on his way to see her, John Keats found a garden centre, purchasing some plants to please her. In one of his letters to her, he had this to say. You did not say a word about your Chilblains. Write to me directly and let me know about them. Your letter shall be answered like an echo john keats man of poetry and family and love and nature do complain if chilblains give you one and if you're living low on love then do please let me know and i will come a running or at least a walking sprightly via tottenham and Hornsey. last stop
0: walthamstow That was John Hegley bringing a most enjoyable episode of Poetry Nonstop to a close. Do have a go at writing a fish acrostic and post pictures of your fish on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, tagging at Poetry Nonstop. You can also email uh, them to poetrynonstop at gmail.com. Uh, you can find all the details of this podcast and John's book on the website poetrynonstop.com. I'm Patrick Widdis. Thank you for listening and keep writing.